It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The latest first on Adalia, the storm that smashed into Florida's Big Bend as a Category 3 hurricane yesterday, is still dumping heavy rain on the Deep South. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says some of the worst effects are in a lightly populated part of his state. We clearly have uh, significant damage throughout the Big Bend region, uh, but the response has been swift and people are getting help. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn is here with more. So, Rob, what is the latest on this storm? Nathan and Karen, Italia has been downgraded to a tropical storm. It's going to be exiting the coast uh, probably very close to Wilmington, North Carolina this morning. Uh, the winds are now under 60 miles an hour, and that's in gusts. Uh, the big problem with the system, as we mentioned yesterday, is now heavy rain, which is falling over portions of eastern and northeastern North Carolina. That will gradually wind down today, but flash flooding is likely across that area. Storm's going to be moving out into the Atlantic over the next couple of days. And due to strong upper-level winds, it's going to be weakening. Okay, so is there any risk the storm does any more damage from here? I think the storm is probably going to be drifting in the southwestern Atlantic off the coast of the United States for a couple of days. But as I mentioned, there's going to be strong upper-level wind shear effect in the system. That's probably going to prevent it from redeveloping. I don't think it's going to be a threat to the continental United States once it gets offshore. The only thing it may do is produce some swells, which will affect the beaches on the east sides of Florida up through south and North Carolina next week. All right, Rob, thank you. Now, Dahlia did lead to more than 1,000 canceled flights yesterday. It left about 325,000 people without power from Florida into the Carolinas and will likely cause 10 to $20 billion in damage. Well, we turn to the markets now, Nathan, and shares of UBS are surging. They are up more than 5.5%. The Swiss bank has posted the biggest ever quarterly profit for a bank in the second quarter as a result of its emergency takeover of Credit Suisse. The $29 billion gain is a result of the accounting difference between the $3.8 billion price UBS paid for Credit Suisse and the value of the acquired lender's balance sheet. We spoke with UBS chief executive Sergio Armati, who confirmed that thousands of job cuts are on the Way. We will have around uh, 3,000 jobs that will be uh, made redundant uh, over the next uh, years. Uh, 1,000 are in relation to our decision to integrate the Swiss bank. UBS CEO Sergio Armadi made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's editor-at-large, Francine Lagua. Hear more of that conversation in a few minutes. Well, on the flip side, Karen, investors in Pernod Ricard may be crying in their drinks this morning. Those shares are down more than 4%. The maker of Absolute Vodka and Jameson Irish Whiskey says its first fiscal quarter will be negative in the U.S. as drinkers pull back on pricey booze after a pandemic surge. The company also expects weak sales growth in China. 
When we turn to the economy now, Nathan, and we get some key economic data ahead of tomorrow's jobs report and a warning from a top Fed official. We get the latest with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Yeah, good morning, Karen. Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic believes the Fed's job is pretty much done. In remarks to a conference in South Africa this morning, he says policy is appropriately restrictive. I think we should be cautious and patient and let the restrictive policy continue to influence the economy lest we risk tightening too much and inflicting unnecessary pain. The Fed has made clear their data dependent, and this morning we get another big piece of the puzzle with Fed Chair Jerome Powell's preferred inflation metric. That may suggest there's more work to do. Bloomberg Economics says supercore PCE inflation likely accelerated in the month of July. It could raise the odds of another Fed hike in November. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. We got inflation data out of the Eurozone this morning. Uh, consumer prices stopped slowing last month. In fact, they rose 5.3% from a year earlier because of energy. Economists had expected weakening. Well, in Asia, Nathan, China's manufacturing contraction eased slightly in August, and a gauge of new orders improved, and that's providing some hope that the worst of the sector's slump may be ending. Well, meanwhile, Karen, the Chinese developer Country Garden has warned it may default on its debt and raise concerns about staying in business. The warning came as the property giant posted a record first-half loss of almost $7 billion. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, shares of Salesforce are up about 5.5%. The software giant gave a revenue and profit forecast for the current period that topped analyst estimates. And analysts say its cost-cutting campaign is easing some anxiety about a sales slowdown. In corporate news, Karen, more changes are coming to X. That's the social media company formerly known as Twitter. In a post this morning, Elon Musk said users will soon be allowed to make video and voice calls through X. He says no phone number will be needed. Well, another corporate news this morning, Nathan. Bloomberg News has learned Apple is testing the use of 3D printers to produce the steel chassis that is used by some of its upcoming smartwatches. Now we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It would herald a major change to how the company manufactures products. The technique would do away with the need to cut large slabs of metal into the product shape. Sources say that would reduce the time it takes to build devices while also helping the environment by using less material. The new approach has the potential to streamline Apple's supply chain and kick off a broader shift. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell froze after a reporter asked his thoughts about seeking re-election. The senator abruptly stopped and stared for more than 30 seconds, even as his aides intervened. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Spokesman for McConnell said in an emailed statement that the senator felt momentarily lightheaded and paused during the press conference. An aide said he felt fine but planned to consult a doctor before the next event. President Biden planned to reach out to McConnell after that incident. Mitch is a friend, as you know, not a joke. We always I know people don't believe that the case, but we have disagreements politically. But he's a good friend, and so I'm going to try to get in touch with him uh, later this afternoon. I don't know enough to know. There are concerns about the 81-year-old's 
Republicans' health. McConnell's had had a similar freeze moment during a news conference at the U.S. Capitol in July. Donald Trump and his company are formally accused of inflating the value of his assets by as much as $2.2 billion. A new court filing by New York Attorney General Letitia James says the evidence of inflated values from 2011 to 2021 is so strong that the state should be granted summary judgment in its lawsuit, which claims persistent and repeated fraud. Peter Navarro is a one-time aide to former President Trump, and he'll be on trial next week for criminal contempt of Congress after failing to answer a subpoena for the January 6th Select Committee. After the ruling, Navarro said the legal fees are bankrupting him. We're going to go up to 750000 by the end of the trial, and the appeals are going to be over a million. Okay? Do I look like a rich man? This is the same suit I wore in 2017 going into the White House. Navarro's trial begins on Tuesday. And a plan by Tesla to purchase hard-to-get construction materials is being investigated by U.S. prosecutors who are looking at whether the project was an appropriate use of company funds. Prosecutors are reviewing a 2022 purchase order for construction material identified as suspicious by company officials. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris. This this is Bloomberg Carrot. All right, Amy, thank you. And it's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Yeah, and the Cincinnati Bengals the last two years have played in a Super Bowl and an AFC Championship game led by their terrific young quarterback Joe Burrow. So Bengals fans had to hold their breath when Burrow suffered a calf injury just when training camp began in late July. But yesterday, he was back at practice, and Burrow hopes to play the Bengals season opener. Jonathan Taylor will miss the Colts' first four games, put on the physically unable to perform list. Taylor has demanded a trade. It was already known that the Colts We're talking to Miami. Now it's been learned they had talks with Green Bay as well. Couldn't make a deal. Colts GM Chris Ballard yesterday saying the situation with Taylor sucks. Baseball Giants lost at home to the Reds 4-1. A's lost in Seattle 5-4. The Mariners 21st win in the month of August. The Astros with the first ever sweep in Boston. They beat the Red Sox 7-4. Orioles had a 4 0 lead, then lost to the White Sox 10 5, and Baltimore's lead in the AL East over Tampa Bay is down to a game and a half. Nationals were shut out in Toronto 7 0. Upsets at the U.S. Open, Casper Rude, the fifth seed who played in the final last year, lost in five sets. Seventh seed, Stefano Sitsipas, lost to the 21 year old Dominic Stricker from Switzerland. And last night, Caroline Wozniaki, who's been retired for three and a half years, upset Petra Kvitova. At Arthur Ashe Stadium, 7576. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. The biggest ever quarterly profit for a bank has just been posted in Switzerland. UBS reported those results nearly three months after the Swiss lender's emergency acquisition of rival Credit Suisse. And this morning, the CEO of the last Swiss mega bank, Sergio Armadi, says he is turning his focus to continue implementing one of the biggest mergers ever in global finance. And that means more changes on the way. Armadi discussed it all with Bloomberg editor at large Francine Lacroix. Let's bring you part of that conversation. Our industry is very difficult to, to uh, do restructuring, the deep restructuring necessary at Credit Suisse and extract the synergies uh, without going through uh, uh, people and account. Having said that, there is a big element of the, of the cost that is, that is driven by real estate planning, by rationalizing legal entities and, uh, and by uh, IT platforms uh, shutdowns. On the account front, First of all, we are counting a lot on natural attrition, uh, on on, um, uh, retirements and internal mobility and shifting also our permanent to uh, external account uh, ratio. Having said that, uh, uh, of course, uh, we're going to have to take some proactive actions in in redundancies uh, uh, in in the years to come. Mainly in Switzerland? No, I think this is something that will affect, of course, our entire workforce. As much as, you know, in Switzerland, uh, we expect uh, from a a proactive standpoint of view, uh, we will have around uh, 3,000 jobs that will be uh, made redundant uh, over the next uh, years. Uh, 1,000 are in relation to our decision to integrate the Swiss bank. Were you relieved that there weren't any nasty surprises? Yes, I mean, I, I think that uh, all the, all, uh, I always felt that uh, this integration is, uh, is, is not risky, it's complex. And it takes time, it's, it takes focus, it takes uh, dedication, of course. Uh, we have to, uh, we cannot underestimate that uh, the situation at uh, Credit Suisse was uh, uh, um, as a situation that uh, was clearly indicating that the business was not viable any longer. Credit Suisse has a very strong uh, people, uh, clients, franchises, product capabilities, but the business model was not there. Uh, was not the right one any longer, and and and, and I think that the the, the excellences, uh, the excellence part of Credit Suisse now as part of UBS can flourish and make UBS stronger. What will happen to the Credit Suisse brand? The Credit Suisse brand, uh, you know, outside Switzerland, uh, we will phase it out. Uh, we may keep it uh, for niches uh, situation, but uh, uh, the brand that we will use outside Switzerland is, is will be UBS in Switzerland uh, until the end of. 2024, we will uh, keep uh, both brands as we uh, go through the integration of the Swiss operations. You talk about the complexities, of course. I mean, this is a a masterful job that you needed to do. How important was it to really almost get everything done or have a blueprint today so that customers, so that a lot of your um, also employees knew what was going to happen? Yeah, of, of course, we announced the transaction five months ago. We closed it in June. And, and so everybody has an expectation that we have an answer for everything. But so we made a commitment, uh, for example, in the Swiss case, where people were, were waiting for our uh, um, answers, we made a commitment to, 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 to go deeper and, and, and really analyze every possible option. At the end of the day, uh, we did it as fast as possible. Uh, the outcome was crystal clear. The best option is to integrate. And that 
will help to give uh, uh, at least the visibility uh, uh, and, and, and uh, about the future uh, to many of our people and our clients. But although nothing will really change uh, between now and 2024 for clients, and, and we're going to make it smooth uh, for, for clients to be onboarded in U at UBS. Sergio, when you look at the AUMs and the uh, NNAs, the net new flows, how much of it are, are actually coming from UBS? First of all, I think it's very important to see that already in the second quarter at, at, at Credit Suisse, uh, although we had, uh, April and May were still negative, uh, uh, out, uh, um, negative flows, uh, in June they saw positive inflows after the closing, so good momentum clients coming back. At uh, UBS, we had the second, uh, the best quarter, the, the best second quarter uh, in a decade in terms of new money, 16 billions. And now, as we speak, in the third quarter, we see inflows on both platforms. This is Bloomberg Daybreak today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.